Hello and welcome to the Tech Geek Podcast, folks. I am Sukhruti Agwanshi, your host, and this episode is for cloud builders. All the developers out there, this podcast is a guide to building applications. Organizations are investing in cloud infrastructure to enable the transition of work environments between physical and virtual locations like never before. And uh, they are switching from traditional infrastructure as a service and environments to serverless platform and software as service options to increase employee productivity and business growth. Therefore, it is very important that, uh, you know, ever than before, developers to understand the needs and the right infrastructure that will suit businesses to lay the technological foundation for the future. And to facilitate the conversation, I have with me Raman Sharma, Vice President, Product Marketing at DigitalOcean. Raman leads the product marketing, customer resource, developer relations, and community engagement programs for DigitalOcean. He's experienced in developer tools, infrastructure as service, platform as service, and software as service for enterprises as well as for startups. Welcome to the show, Raman. Thanks for having me, Sukriti. It's a pleasure. Thank you for doing this with us, Raman. Thank you for your time. And uh, without much ado, I'll quickly jump to the question. So the first thing that I would want to know from you is uh, what are the factors you know that developers should consider when they're trying to build new applications and businesses? Well, I think there are, you know, basically I would categorize them into two types of factors. One are external factors and then internal factors. So when I talk about external factors, I mean, what problem are you trying to solve? What exactly are you trying to build? What is it that you're trying to do for your customer? You know, are you building a B2B application? Are you building a consumer application? Are you building develop developer tools? And then within that context, uh, what is the technical artifact that you're trying to build? Is it a website? Is it a web application? Is it a mobile application? Is it an API first solution? So I think those are external factors that you know have a lot of bearing on what technology stack you end up choosing and you know how exactly do you go about building your apps. Second, I would say are internal factors. <clears throat> Uh, so that's where you think about, you know, what is the technical skill level on the team? Do you have more developer-oriented skills on the team, or do you have more ops and system administration-related skills? Do you have more design skills? That, in turn, tends to play a huge role in, in people deciding which technologies, uh, which programming languages, which tools they should be used using to build their applications and businesses. And that also determines a lot of like, where do you need most help? Is it the technical side of the house? Is it the go-to-market side of the house? Is it design, research, scaling? So that's how I would categorize maybe like the factors. And you know, these these determine how exactly your journey is going to be. All right. And uh, when is the lift and shift cloud migration model appropriate? Well, you know, when we talk about lift and shift, we are really talking about, you know, people who already have existing technology investments. They have, they have significant investment in existing code, existing applications that people are running uh, either on premises in their own data centers or in some cloud. So lift and shift basically means pick something up from where it is already running and then put it elsewhere in a cloud usually. Uh, I think it is. it becomes more appropriate, people have more appetite for it when, number one, they have massive investments already. Second, when they have 
less appetite for code changes you know because a lot of people think that bringing rightfully so a lot of people when they bring their applications to uh, to the cloud they also take that opportunity to restructure their applications so that they can take full advantage of the cloud lift and shift does not allow for that so people would go for lift and shift shift when uh, the speed of migration is critical so i would say a combination of those things you know a low appetite for changes significant on premises investments and then a desire to do do the migration really quickly that's when uh, lift and shift becomes um, you know kind of desirable and uh, you know how should developers uh, leverage the infrastructure as service versus platform as service offerings uh, raman uh, so i think the fundamental difference between infrastructure as a service and platform as a service is that infrastructure as a service provides control it provides more control to the users in the sense that you you can go and make you know configuration changes on the underlying infrastructure you can you can install all the different open source tools that are available to you on that infrastructure so you basically own it you manage it as compared to that in platform as a service the focus is more on productivity you know how to take the undifferentiated heavy lifting away from the users so that they can focus more on building their apps their code their business logic uh, so i think it's a it's you know we we tend to talk about we tend to sometimes trivialize the comparison it's not a trivial comparison there is good enough appetite and good enough demand for both these ways of building applications my experience has been that it's almost always the preference of the team if the team has heavy infrastructure and system administration skill uh, within within their team then they will go with infrastructure as a service because it can be cost effective and it can be very powerful because it offers you a lot of flexibility similarly teams that are more development and code focused that don't want to mess around with underlying infrastructure they tend to go with pass because it allows them to move faster so you know and the way we think about it is that we want to offer people the flexibility of infrastructure as a service but we also want to offer them the opinionated nature of building applications with pass if they know exactly what they want to build so that's where i feel like you know um, the, the contrast lies so around talking about saas uh, solutions what common challenges do you think developers face when building uh, saas solutions and how you know, they can address them yeah I, i think that's a great question because you know saas is you know more very likely the most popular type of application that people are building these days you know 10 15 years ago it was mobile apps right now it is saas applications anyone with any idea they want to express that idea in the form of a saas offering and you know the the problem in building saas solutions is that i think there is lack of guidance about number one what is the right tech stack that people should be using what there are a plethora of programming languages so many different options around front end frameworks you know back end technologies which database to pick so i think that there is an overwhelming um, amount of um, technology stack decisions that people have to make and they have they don't have a lot of guidance around that second is within within that framework there are no 
best practices around building SaaS applications, around architecture, around security, around deployment models. Like we just talked about, you know, PaaS, IaaS, Kubernetes. What are the right What are the right uh, technologies to use? Authentication. So a lack of a lack of uh, the guidance around these architectural things is is also a problem. And the third thing I would say is even if we help people get started, oh, you can pick up this technology, we can give you a template to, on how to get started and so on. I think people have absolutely no idea what their applications are going to look like and what their application infrastructure is going to cost at scale when they have a product market fit, when they, have, when they don't have 100 users, when they have 100,000 users, what exactly is their tech stack going to cost them? They have absolutely no idea of modeling that out. So I think a combination of these problems makes SaaS solutions challenging. As exciting as it is to build SaaS applications, the journey can sometimes be challenging. So Raman, talking about DigitalOcean here, it is one of the fastest growing cloud providers in the world. And you're also building a, a developer cloud platform, which is loved by startups and medium-sized businesses. Tell me how is DigitalOcean facilitating cloud adoption and personalized learning for developers and businesses? Yeah, I, I think I, I like that personalized learning element of your question because, uh, to be honest, I don't think any other cloud provider makes that a focus. Uh, so let me let me start by saying that the biggest decision that we made early in in our life was that we are going to make sure that our product is focused on delighting the user, which means delighting the developer, delighting the system administrator, the infrastructure specialist as opposed to focusing on this mythical decision maker. So, which means that a lot of decisions that we made around products are about simplicity. We want to reduce the number of things that developers have to worry about. We want to reduce the concept count so that they can get down to the business of building applications. And the second thing that we did was that we knew that this infrastructure uh, as a service business is kind of complex. So we have focused very heavily on developer education. So I don't know whether you know or not, but one claim to fame of DigitalOcean beyond the simplicity of our product experience is our technical content. We have more than 3000 extremely technical, extremely high quality uh, tutorials that cater to all kinds of problems that developers and entrepreneurs and system administrators are facing on a daily basis. And there's a high likelihood that you go to Google or any other search engine and search for one of these problems in these areas. There's a high likelihood that you will end up on one of the DigitalOcean tutorials in the top five. And that's a very powerful thing. You know that, number one, we are, we are solving, we are almost solving a problem for a customer even before they have become a customer. And the kind of brand value that that is able to generate in the developer community is unmatchable. So simplicity of the product and deep focus on high quality content so that we are able to educate developers both about you know, uh, important contemporary topics and also about how to troubleshoot themselves when they face a specific problem. So those are two areas. Uh, third thing I would say is we have a very intentional focus. We like we were a startup not too long ago. You know, this was a company built by entrepreneurs, 
and very we, we realized that we need to pay back we need to give it back uh, now that we are a larger company we have a program called hatch as a part of which we uh, we provide you know some unique benefits to early early stage startups and entrepreneurs which includes quite hefty infrastructure credits that these people can utilize in the journey of building their businesses and then we also have some sponsorships that uh, we we give out infrastructure credits as well as money to open source projects to people conducting hackathons to developers meeting together to through meetups and stuff like that so a combination of all of these things is how we not only like build amazing products that developers can use but also create like ecosystem programs so that developers and community can come together and help each other lovely so uh, raman can you also share some customer stories while you are sharing your experiences of uh, personalized learnings yeah yeah absolutely uh, um yeah so speaking of customers one customer that i really enjoyed talking to was widgear uh, it's a it's an advertising technology company and what they have basically done is they they utilize machine learning to help tv broadcasters and ott platforms with ad monetization and uh, since as you can see if when you're talking about like tv broadcasts and ott platforms it's a very bandwidth intensive kind of a workload so this company has benefited a lot from the very generous bandwidth offering that digitalocean has they are a heavy user of our uh, of our compute products and you know with the combination of their machine learning algorithms and uh, and, and a very generous bandwidth offering they have been able to build a solution to help broadcasters and ott platforms to to make sure that they are optim optimally able to utilize uh, the monetization of the small ad buckets that they have um so that's one the other one that i i can think of is uh, a company called atom learning it's basically an online education platform with a specific focus on uh, primary school students and what they have done is is kind of unique they they basically create a online education program which adapts to the skill levels and to the experience of how the students are progressing if a student is is performing rather well uh, compared to the content that they are being served then the platform will automatically start serving them deeper content and like slightly higher level content and if a if a student is is you know taking a little bit more time then the platform gives them a, a little bit more time and they uh, th this company uses our managed kubernetes platform in addition to uh, our managed databases uh to kind of build this platform so just two examples two very different kinds of examples of you know the the kind of uh, platforms and the kind of offerings that our customers are building very interesting ramon these these use cases that you shared are really interesting and uh, this actually brings us to the end of our conversation thank you so much for sharing such insightful uh, you know thoughts on how developers can actually build their cloud applications ramon absolutely audience thank yeah, you so I, much yes raman no i i think the only thing i would like to add is you know yeah. uh, as a, as a company we have uh, we have a focus on people who have a builder mindset you know elsewhere if you look at large technology companies a lot of focus rightfully so is going on large enterprises and to be honest that's where big money is but 
I think we take specific pride in making sure that number one, we delight the users of our plat of our product, and number two, we are not necessarily about large enterprise IT teams. We are about small product-minded teams, people who have a builder mindset. You know, this builder mindset does not need a large team. It could be a single person, it could be a five-person team, it could be a twenty-person team, but they almost always operate with the mindset of building and creating something that could be an application that could be a business and i feel like that's a pretty differentiated way of of looking at this landscape of, of cloud computing and you know um, uh, we, we take pride in that thanks raman audience that was raman sharma from digital ocean sharing so many insightful uh, things uh, for you Thank you for so you know thank you everyone for joining us uh, for this podcast. Stay tuned to Techie for all the tech uh, updates and happenings. It's a wrap here. This is your host signing off.